Hello and welcome to the Spirit Guide Society podcast. My name is Pedro Shanahan and I'm your spirit guide. Tonight in the Mezcal Collective at Las Perlas in downtown Los Angeles, we had Casa San Matias in the house with Katie O'Donnell and Carlos Escobar Carras. Did I say that right? Please tell me yes. We tried the Casa San Matias Blanco, which is bottled at Cast Strength 104. That's what I'm talking about, tequila world. We tried the San Matias Tahona, meaning tequila made with a Tahona wheel as opposed to a big shredder grinder hammer mill gnarly thing. We also tried their new Los Vecinos Mezcal. Los Vecinos means your neighbor. I certainly hope your neighbor has some Mezcal for you. It's a very cool collaboration with Sazerac and some other brands that I can't remember right now. Probably because I've been drinking Mezcal. Woo, don't cry for me, Argentina. I mean, Southern Mexico. I mean, well, we should be concerned with Southern Mexico. Don't cry for me, Los Angeles. I'm going to Oaxaca. Always remember to enjoy this podcast responsibly. That means don't make an ass of yourself and tell them you're my friend. You're your own friend. If you're an asshole, you're nobody's friend. Be cool, babies. Right on, well, welcome guys. So give us a little background of how this brand got started. San Matias. And this first expression tonight, this is unusual. Katie brought yeah. some special treats. I did bring some special things. So often I, I say Casa San Matias and people say, what is that? I don't understand. Casa San Matias makes a multitude of brands, but they are all owned by the brand. So rather than outsourcing to different um, buyers that will come in and buy your tequila and then brand it on their own, this distillery brands their own tequila to target each different demographic of tequila drinker. So you're going to see an umbrella of tequilas tonight, all made from one producer. Um, the company, Samatias, is female-owned and operated. Carmen Villarreal was the first female CEO in 1997. She took over for her husband and really changed the game for agave and, and tequila distilleries in general. And she paved the way for a lot of women she has this beautiful Pueblo Viejo, which you'll see in the well here at Las Perlas. Um, anything that, anytime you drink a cocktail with tequila, most likely it's Pueblo Viejo here. If you ask for a shot, it's going to be Pueblo Viejo here. They're huge supporters of us, and we're super thankful for that. Um, and that's kind of, the, not the flagship brand, but maybe the most well-known brand, but it says nowhere on it that it's San Matias. So that's where it gets confusing, right? And then we also have the Tahona, which is a passion project of Carmen and also something that was geared towards the American market. We love pure agave. We love 100% agave and 100% Tahona made, so you get to taste that. Really cool. The San Matias Gran Reserva is an extra añejo that is super approachable price point-wise. So yet again, including everybody in drinking this high-end tequila that is sometimes put on the back bar at a top shelf that you feel is unapproachable. This is super approachable. And then we're also going to introduce a mezcal today that she's a part of as well. Um, that you can is talk a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you can talk and a bit more about... Just to give a little more background about what we think San Matias making their own brands is so special and going to the industry. So in the industry, you have about 200 different uh, tequila distilleries in Mexico. But if you choose the top 25, they made about 80% of the market. Just to give you an idea, last number that I hear is about 1,600 brands of tequila in the U.S., in Mexico, it's only about five to 600. So you have three times, almost three times more brands in the state than in Mexico. So <laughs> just do the math. So you have 1,600 brands and about 30 to 40 distilleries made 80% of those brands. 
So you have one, one distillery made it 100 different brands. We don't do that. And the way that you can know it about it is the NOM. So uh, are you familiar with the NOM, the NON number? There's, there's a great app, actually, you can get for your phone. It's called Tequila Matchmaker. Yeah. You're entering the NOM, the N-O-M, and it tells you what other spirits are made at that same distillery. I'll walk around and show you guys where what you can find it. Say, it says it's NOM 1103, right? Yeah, a lot, yeah NOM 1103. Because modernization, all the metals are changing. So the way that you cook the agave used to be stone ovens. Now you have autoclaves. You have diffusers. So you have mass scales, uh, distilleries, producers. If you ask me, as, and this is not a formal number, every one of the bigger major, the biggest producers, they either do um, autoclaves or diffusers. So autoclaves is the middle process. So you have stone ovens, you have autoclaves and diffusers. Uh, but yeah, the big ones, they do diffusers, of course. Thank you. you know, the big producers say they're just being more efficient. They would argue that the diffuser allows them to make the most out of the plant. Other people, like bartenders here in America, have complained that it changes the flavor of the tequila that comes from having been processed through the diffuser. The diffuser uses, um, you know, surfacants uh, like high pressure water high, to take hot, high pressure, pressure water, water, but also lye, like uh, naturally occurring acids, essentially, that will cook the fibers of the agaves and get more sugars out which potentially could allow you to use younger plants, not fully mature agaves, and still get that vegetal flavor from those younger agaves that you could then use with your alcohol, so. Yeah, and, and actually we're not saying that if it's a diffuser, it's autoclave is bad. I mean, it's the same quality control, it's just different profiles, exactly. So it's more what you're looking for and what is the profile that you want. In our case, we find out that um, stone ovens, that's our profile. And it's funny, back in the 80s, the owner built an autoclave at the distillery, and they couldn't get the flavor. And if, if you go there, they even put up um, half of the autoclave. You know, autoclave is stainless steel. So they put bricks in it. So they put a layer of bricks inside the autoclave to try to mimic the flavor. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> so, no. They, they, they never used it. It just goes to show that those traditional uh, practices, they, you know, it's not just the fermentation. It's like the way that it's cooked and, and the way that it's mashed and, and the way that it's, you know, sometimes they cook those piñas and they leave them outside for a month before they actually put them into the fermentation. So there's other intricacies that aren't taken into account. And autoclave is essentially a big stainless steel pressure cooker. You're not going to have the same flavor as if you used a brick oven. Brick and mortar, well, that seems pretty innocuous, but think about it. Mortar, there's a lot of minerals in mortar. And, and bricks, they're made out of clay. Clay has incredible minerality. So all those things are going to have an effect on the flavor of the cooking of the agave. You can't underestimate that. And just going timing and go back to timing. So to cook in a, uh, a stone oven, it takes 24 hours to 36 hours. And then you have to wait because there is only like a door and a hole in the ceiling. So it takes almost 24 hours to cool down so you can take it out. It's just timing. And the same with a taona versus the mechanical meals. So most of the tequila distillers that they don't use diffusers, they have mechanical meals. So mechanical meals is a shredder, pretty much. So it's a mechanical shredder. Taona is the one that is on the pit and goes around. So in about efficiency, to make a bottle of, uh, of a regular mechanical meal, Pueblo Viejo, you use about seven kilograms of agave. 
So one plant, you only produce two, three, about three bottles, depending on the size. With the Taona, you go from seven to like 13 kilograms. So you all wait wasting or, or being less efficient almost double than that in mm-hmm. a w- quick fact about the pueblo viejo and why is one of our proof of 52 percent so most tequila distilleries when you distill the tequila they distill about 55 percent and then you will add water just to bottle up 40 if it's for the states mm-hmm. or in mexico most of the tequilas are 38 or 35 percent so in this case san matias because pueblo viejo is the profile that we want so we go a little more to the center on the distillation so we distill about 52.3, 52.2%. So that's where we is one of four. So this is a cool experience. There's a lot of folks, I know that maybe if you've just been drinking your average bottled tequila most of your life, you've maybe never had cast strength. You maybe have never had it like it really comes off the still. So let's experience this together. Stick your nose in that glass. Breathe in gently through your mouth. What are you reminded of as you smell this cast strength Casa San Matias Tequila Blanco at 104 proof. Ooh, wow. Use your food words. There's no wrong answers. There's no wrong answers. I get a lot of like grapefruit and then also a little bit of earthiness in a way. Like it's a little, And all the yeah. agave that we use is from the highlands. So as you know from previous, uh, agave from the highlands has more sugar because, they, because the land, because the earth. So this is more floral, fruity to the agave more than the earthiness that you get from the lowlands. Yeah, I'm getting some like pineapple and chili in here. Mm, I get yeah, like a like a roasted arbol chili and a, like maybe a grilled pineapple. So when we bottle and we try it, it was amazing that the alcohol is there, but it's not very overpowering. So you you taste more the the tequila, the agave, more than the alcohol punch you. So it's great. So now tap some over your tongue. How is this different from other tequilas that you've had? I get chocolatiness. That earthiness to me is offset by sweetness. So I get like a nice milk chocolate mm-hmm. kind of vibe across the tongue, which is really surprising because usually that'll come from wood. What do you say? Creamy, a lot about it. The sweetness. What kind of sweetness is it? Like, is it like powdered sugar, or is it cotton candy, or is it like brown sugar, or is it molasses? Think about all the variants. The sweetness can have a lot of a spectrum yeah. of sweetness. You know, cane sugar. I get that. I get that. What were you gonna say? A Klondike <laughs> bar, nice. But this will get you drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really beautiful. And, and what is great about a Pueblo Viejo brand, or, or in this case, Pueblo Viejo line, is this one of the best tequilas for the price. It's the be- one of the best values. Because you're talking about one of four proof retail about middle 20s. The real yeah. rank is lower than 20. So this is one, that's what we want in San Matias. And then if you go over to the Tejona, like I, it's hot. So give your mouth, if you have water or, or a beer, even like cleanse your palate a little bit. But then they go over to the Tejona and it's a different Blanco completely, like hundred percent different quality product, which is the most important thing that you should give to any guest that you ever had from a bar to your home to whatever is you want to, you want to have to give them something that, you know, they won't, get sick off of or, you know, leave feeling bad. This is, I what, totally agree. This is a good party tequila for when you're hosting. So now let's compare them side yeah, by so side. Yeah, compare them. If so you have just any just a side note of, uh, on the Taona. So you know Taona is a stone, right? So the San it's, Matias. It's Pepe's stone behind, yeah. him, behind so him. So San Matias was started in 1886. So it's a 135 years old company now. Back in the days, remember that most tequilas start like that. Just the hacienda or the owner of the ranch, they was building tequila for their own. 
So the Taona that we're using to make this one is the original Taona that they used in 1886. Wow. So about three years ago, they found it abandoned in one of their family properties. Remember, you're talking about a 6,000 pounds of stone. So what happened to that? Nothing. We just steam clean it. And uh, we do make like the, because it used to be only a hope for the pole and the donkey. So we just made the, the stuff for the plague that goes for the electronic motor. But other than that, it's the same stone that we used in 1886. Beautiful. Yeah. So a gigantic stone wheel that used is used to crush the the roasted agave, the penis, the chopped up pieces of penis. And the other difference is, um, because Pueblo Viejo is a big brand, so the first one that you try is uh, fermented in stainless steel, mm -hmm. and it's big tan. This is fermented in Mexican pine wood, and it's only like 2,000 liters. So the, tan, the fermentation tank is literally like this high and like this wide. And this is also copper distillation. Yeah. Pueblo Viejo is a stainless steel distillation. Oh, interesting. Pueblo Viejo is a stainless steel with a copper coil. Yeah. And this is 100% copper uh, um, pot steel. Okay. Uh, sorry, copper yeah. pot. Yeah, copper pot. Yeah. All right. But let's back it up there. The Think about it also, that Tohono process. So, like, when you're using a roller mill, like, that's a, a part of a piece of machinery that's a big stainless steel machine that's shredding the, the penis after they've been roasted. A tohona is like on the floor, like just on the cement floor here, sometimes on a dirt floor or stone yeah, floor. Our, our, our floor is the same material as the tohona. So it's right. the, same, so stone. the same stone. Yeah. So stone floor, stone tohona, and then once you've crushed it, using that big stone wheel being pulled around by, in this case, an electrical <laughs> donkey, Pepe. it will, um, Pepe the robot donkey, <laughs> it, you then have to like, what you've crushed all that up, you got to like, shovel it into you know, wheelbarrows or whatever you've got to get it into the tinas to ferment. But there's a lot of funk around. There's going to be, not that a it's not a funk. clean facility. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of That's funk. a lot different than like a stainless steel trough underneath a conveyor belt, you know? Yeah. You're, you're talking about people getting their hands dirty and doing some work with the Tohona, the traditional means. So it will have a different flavor. It'll create a different, different influences on the final flavor profile. Okay. So what are you guys getting on this Tohona? And what's oh. the proof on the Tohona? Well, it should be 40%. It's 40%. Oh, so only 80 proof. 80, 80 proof. So a big step only down from that 104. Yeah, normal. definitely. Definitely a big step down from the 104. The entire production process for this Tohona that is in your glass right now is from where, from this wall to that bar, the end of that wall, that's it. It's small. So you have the pit, the fermentation tanks, which is two. still. This is really okay. limited. We only produce about 3,000 six-packs a year. That's it. I mean, on Pueblo Viejo, it's 300,000 cases for the States. But uh, on Taona, it's really limited. And again, because we wanted that boutique And everything started when we found the Taona. Like, we found the original Taona. We have to do something with, with this. Yeah. What do you guys think? Sip some across your tongue. Tap it around in your mouth. Tell me what food words you're reminded of. What are you experiencing as you taste oh this Pueblo Viejo mm -hmm. Tohona? So this is what this, this is, is on the favorite. San Matias brand. Oh. Yeah, this is this is what I'm. <laughs> now my, I'm all confused. You guys keep switching around. This is San Matias. They're all San Matias. Okay, okay. So this is the thing: is the the distillery San Matias. San Matias okay. produces Pueblo Viejo. Right. San Matias produces Tohona. Okay, so now Matias, we're on the yeah, okay. Uh, okay. Um, that's but, it's confusing. 
<laughs> but you're using the same varietals of oh, the agave. Of agave. Yeah. Yeah, 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 agave is everything is from the facility. highlands. Yeah. Same, same agave, names. same cooking process. Right. The, the, the change comes in the crushing. Same and master the, mescalera, yes. Yes, Rocio Rodriguez. We have a female master distiller at Casa San Matias. Cheers to Rocio. She has been working with the distillery for about 14 years. Yeah. And Carmen, who's the owner who I mentioned earlier, she is very adamant about this fact. She did not choose Rocio as master distiller because she was a woman. She was best suited for the job. And she's very adamant about saying that because a lot of people are, think that she's going towards, oh, it's all female, it's all female, you want to be on trend. It's like, no, she was the best for the job. She put her time in. She has a great palate. She's very intelligent. She's actually really shy and doesn't like <laughs> to talk to people. Like, she's so sweet. Uh, but she, so, yeah, so you have a, Rocio is behind this 100%. That's a beautiful thing. And, and just for the record, most professional smellers and tasters at the distilleries across the board are women. And in the rum world, there's... There's a couple master mescaleros or master distillers that are female because they've got an acutely aware sense of smell. Like you want to hire them because they can come up with more variants of food words than anybody else around. Yeah. All right. So Bambino's coming around with our third mark. What is this, is it, Katie? Is, or Gonzalo, you tell me. Go ahead. Oh, so this is the town of Reposado. So again, it's the same as the Blanco that, that you tried before. We just aged this one for four months. So rested, but also in a barrel. The first one didn't have any barrel character at mm -hmm. all. It's just like ageless, you know? So this is the this is four months later tequila than the one that you tried. Which? In American oak. So at, at so San Matias. Use bourbon barrels. No, no this no, one is don't. new American oak. Oh, new American oak. Yeah. So at oh, San Matias, we have four type of barrels. So we have... Um, <laughs> Ex bourbon or whiskey barrels. Uh, we have new American oak. We have new French limousine oak, and we have used uh, limousine oak, pretty much from from cognac. So depending on the brand, is a combination of the barrels that we use. Yeah, uh, limousine. There's also uh, what is the, the, the Chantes? I can't remember. There's another varietal of French yeah, it's oak. Like, it's, it's like it's three there's, different varieties. There's, there's, there's several different yeah. French oaks, but limousine's one of the kind of more well-known. Uh, varietals of oak from, so, that they use in France. I just want to mention to y'all that this Reposado is not yet available in California. So you are the first people in California to taste this. It's pretty cool. <laughs> you can brag about it to your friends. Um, it will be coming to the States. We just we were waiting for the Añejo to be ready in order to have the whole line. Um, the Blanco is here at Las Perlas, and you will find it at other places around L.A., the Reposado will be coming and the Inejo will be coming, but it's super cool. I mean, you're, you're a part of our first kind of taste group for the town of Blanco. It's uh -huh. pretty rad. And one of the things that we don't add is by law, you can add 1% of flavor or extra to the tequilas. So we don't add that. And it's a lot. I mean, you can do it. So if you use some of the tequilas, if you try it's really sweet or some is Reposado and it's really, really dark, you can add. You can add extra of flavor to the tequila and it's a lot and it's, it's okay. So we don't add. So if you see the colors, it's pretty much just golden pale. That's what. That's as much as you can get. Uh, we normally, when we have French New American oak, we put a different brand of tequila just to take a little of the charcoal. Because if you use brand new, then it will, with two months, it will be really dark. But and what I mean is, much barrel yeah, on, huh? what is this new is because didn't see any whiskey or bourbon. So it saw some tequila from our company, and then. Well, I'm, I'm thinking back to that first mark. We had the Pueblo Viejo yeah. 104. It was so flavorful to me. I was so bright, totally yeah. in love. And then we dipped down to the 80 proof. 
for me, it's really hard to taste after the 104 yeah, because for sure. like, it's so much softer. I have a hard time getting at the food notes. But now you guys have had both of these San Mateos Tejonas. These are sipping tequilas for sure. I mean, these for are tequilas sure, that you're, you know, the 104 can, is a workhorse, as we call it in the industry. Like, you can put it into cocktails and it will show up. Whereas these are for once you've gotten past your obsession with margaritas and palomas and you've moved on to just wanting straight tequila, this is a, a beautiful option. Both of these are beautiful options to just sip. I mean, yeah. It's, wow, it's, it's a very good sipper. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm getting into it. I'm beautiful. getting like roasted peppers and chocolate. It's yeah, really, really nice. What are you guys getting on this reposado, the Samatias, Casa de Samatias? Yeah, caramel. caramel. That's yeah. right. That's right. For sure. I threw you. What else? What else? Allspice. Nice. <laughs> but for me, the tone has a cool vegetal aspect. Oh, it's I so still get this like vegetal yeah, it's got great mineral quality with that chocolatey quality. Mm-hmm. Like crushed grass. It reminds me of like yeah. that smell of like when you turn the, the lawnmower over after you've like yeah. cleaning out the bag or whatever. It's like a beautiful cut grass kind of vibe yeah. to it. Yeah. yeah, and on the Taona process, there is only like four brands, four or five brands that really use Taona. Yeah, so out five, of the, right? Yeah. Four or five that I know that are that I know the process because <laughs> some of them some of them claim. Tell it, but yeah, there's four. But to, to have 100% Tahona tequila is very rare. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's inefficient. That's basically why. It's yeah. really inefficient. You have five brands that really do 100% Tahona, and we are one of them. So, pretty cool. And this to me, I don't know if you guys are rum drinkers in here. Anyone a rum drinker? Okay. When I first tasted the Tahona, the Tahona line, I said, this tastes to me almost like an agricole rum. So, right? I, I'm so used to, yeah, it's like funky. It has this funk to it. Well, it's got like a mineral funk. It's not like, it's not like rum where you get this like no. cheesy funk or an olive funk. It's more like a mineral funk. Yeah. It's unusual for tequila, which I unusual, really appreciate. Yeah, yeah it's like, out there. Like it's it. out there for sure. Um, like so while he's pouring out the Grand Reserva, I just want to talk to you guys a little bit about Carmen, who I mentioned earlier. So this woman, she's a saint, honestly. She's like a living saint. So Carmen Villarreal is an amazing human being. Um, Honestly, there's no words to really express what she does and who she is. Her first and foremost thing is always about the people. She is about humanity before business. Even though she is a badass businesswoman, she cares more about the people who are making her tequila, the people who she is able to employ, how many people she's able to employ, the quality of life, and their future. Which is just, as a CEO, how many times do you hear a CEO say that that's their, that's their goal? Like, that's their project. That's what their focus is. You know, she, she's out of this world. So, when she, since she took over in 1997, she has won a Best Place to Work award. She was the first tequila distillery, or a distillery in general, to ever win a Best Place to Work award. It's hard. Um, and then she also has won a gender equality and employment. She employs actually more women than men. She owns a bottling facility as well as a distillery, and at the bottling plant, it's majority of women that will bottle, bottle your tequila, and hand pack it into those cases that you receive. They are hand packed. There is no machine taking those bottles and putting it into those cases. And that's because she wants to employ as many people in her community as possible. Uh, she won a carbon footprint award from the UN. She has one of four biodigesters in Jalisco, which 
a biodigester takes all of the excess waste of tequila production and then uses it for the next round of production. So in her wow. case, the the spent the spent tequila, like the heads and the tails, that could be if you throw them back into the water source, can be potentially very very. Um, Detrimental, poisonous. Yeah. yeah. She takes those and uses them to heat up the stills, heat up the fermenter tanks. Like, really conscious and she's brilliant. That's <laughs> and she's the most humble person in the world. That's why you don't know who she is. Oh she doesn't God. want to talk about herself. She's just doing what her mission is. So, drink it and enjoy it. <laughs> well, let's talk about this Grand yeah. Reserva, and we'll do a toast to her. And it also comes to this on the Grand <laughs> right. Reserva. You well, can talk to the Grand Reserva. Let's toast to her Grand Reserva. Yeah. Gonzalo, so, tell us um, about the Grand Reserva. About the Grand Reserva, so this is an extra añejo. So if you think a little back, before 2006, uh, there was no extra añejos in the market. So there was Blanco, Reposado, and Añejo. So this actually started in the 90s. So this was a three-year-old añejo. So after 2006, we can call it extra añejo. So technically, this is the first extra añejo in the market. Wow. Before, before those years, there was only three other tequilas aged longer than three years that I remember. Selección Suprema, uh, Don Julio Real, and Race All that is owned by us. So that's only the three tequilas that I know other than a specialty or boutique one. But on the main, on the main brands, there was only three or four tequilas aged longer than three years. After 2006 exploded the category, so now you have a bunch of them, but most of them are like 80, 90, $100 and above. So this one, especially in California, we have a lot of people drinking it as an añejo, right? So when we can call it extra añejo for us, it wasn't fair that you are drinking the same thing, same bottle, but now we can call it extra, you have to pay $30, $40 more. So look, we leave the price as is. So these retail for $39 to $49, being an extra añejo. So they never, she never raised the price based on the category change, because other people took advantage of that as an opportunity to make more profit. She stayed true to what she was always charging for her three-year-old. That is amazing. So and the other thing about different with this is this is French oak. So it is the French limousine oak. Uh, and again, it's amazing. You can find it. In, in uh, most of the stuff uh, from $39 to $49. But French oak, just to put it in perspective, French oak is very different from American oak. It, it's a lot more tannic. It, it can impart a lot of darker notes, say like black walnut, um, brown butter. It can, it can be... Yeah, brown butter. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> so you have to be a little bit careful yeah. with the French oak because it, it can overtake things. But check it out, guys. What do you guys think about this Grand Reserva from yeah, San Matias? It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Let's see the bottom. Right? This is like. This one is like spicy and like. Yeah, it has a little spice to it. Is it vanilla? Yeah, it's a little oh, rocky. Yeah, for your rum drinkers. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. It's got a little bit of a bite on the front end, which I appreciate. What do we say? Mm. Yeah. Salty caramel, oh. yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. So it's good. Really beautiful. It's so good. So, Katie, if I was going to get a bottle of the San Matias Grand Reserva for my home bar, which I'm thinking about doing right yeah, now, let's do it. what would it run? That's pretty much up everywhere. So, it's all the supermarket house has it. Uh, Total Wine has it. Benmo has it. But how Mission. much is it, Gonzalo? Uh, 39 to 49 bucks. Retail. It's this usually I find around $44 at, wow. at retailers. I mean, so in my mind, like, people like to front like they've got like the super premium tequila. I think in a blind comparative, this is going to stand up. 
to some of the best yep. super premium tequilas on the market, in my experience. It's a it's a hidden <laughs> gem, and you all are not a secret. And the reason the price point is that, is nothing wrong with it, because people ask me, what is so cheap? Yeah. What is, is anything wrong with it? Yeah. It's just that, that it was the same price before Extrañego category was in, yeah. and for us it wasn't fair that it's the same thing, and you've been drinking this for... 10 years, and now you have to pay $30 for the same thing. It wasn't fair. So it's that. Well, it. she is noble in her efforts. She's amazing. To bring it to the people at a, a price that everyone can afford. A lot of the times when you talk about the super premium thing, that's just some marketing bullshit that people have come up with. Yeah, they put it in a beautiful bottle. And I love beautiful bottles. I love beautiful things like anyone. But really, it's about the flavor of the juice. And if you're purposely trying to make your product outside the reach of the average consumer, I say, come on now, give me a break. Yeah, I, I want everyone to be able to enjoy good things. Everyone should have the right to sip on the best. This is ridiculously good for $44 a <laughs> it's bottle. so good. Yeah. This is our main brand, right? So this is the Blanco de Yuto, this is Añejo. So we have that question before, why we don't change the bottle to make it more aspirational bottle, more nicer bottle, more modern bottle? So the way that we see it is, this is the way that it's sold in Mexico, and we won't have two presentations, one for Mexico, one for here. And this is one of the best-seller brands, so it's in the whole country, like between the top five. If you go to Guadalajara, Jalisco, this arguably is between the number one, number two best-seller brand, as Pueblo Viejo. So this Añejo is the number one or number two after 1800. So we don't want to have two different profiles. So some people say it doesn't look like a premium tequila, but what is inside is what is important. Oh yeah! If you guys want to wow. taste this on your way out, like on your way out, please come up. We'll taste you on it. Oh my goodness! So now <laughs> we're going. We're getting. We into have a some treat. We have a special now. treat for you. We so, have a special treat. Yeah, Katie, you brought a special treat. <laughs> Los vecinos mezcal. You got it. Now, what's him. the story no? here? Gonzalo, is this the same facility? Oh, no, no, no! Us. It's not. No, not at all. So. I feel like you are all educated consumers um, being here. And so you know the difference between tequila and mezcal, yes? We're familiar. They're made in different places. How it's made, the production the methods plant. differ. The different varietals of agave, those yeah. are all differences between tequila and mezcal. Yeah. So a quick recap is on the tequila, you have one denomination of origin. On the mezcal, you have 11 or 12 yeah. as now. So you, tequila is only one place. Mezcal is 12 places around the country. Of course, most of them is Oaxaca, but they have another 10 areas within Mexico. Yeah. So I've been talking about this woman named Carmen, who we've all established is amazing, right? Right? Carmen Villarreal. Yeah. So she does not want to be acknowledged in any right or any way. Like she just does her job. She Too does late. what she wants. I know, podcast. right? We're going to give her some love. <laughs> she may never hear it, but No, no, it's anyway. cool. So, so Los Vecinos... Does anyone speak Spanish here? I do. What does Los Vecinos mean? The neighbors. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I say I was just looking. I was looking at you. I was looking at you all day. So the neighbors, right? Jalisco. There is an idea. So we are the United States of America, right? We all feel connected to each other's states. Maybe not necessarily California, but other states. (laughs) Other states really. We we feel a connection, right? And in Mexico, that is not necessarily something that's, you know, shouted across the rooftops, like the United States of Mexico is not something that is, is said often. However, they are neighboring states, 
and they are in the same country. And so Los Vecinos is a project between Carmen Viriel, Rocio, the master distiller at, at San Matias, Sazerac from the United States, and Oaxaca. When you look at a map, we are all neighbors, right? First that's and foremost. Right, that's right. So she, more importantly in Mexico. And when you look at the globe, we're all neighbors. Yeah. So it's about, the, the motto of this bread is come together and drink mezcal. And it's, it expands more than just geographical. It's also mentality-wise. And in the production process of Los Vecinos, it comes next level. We have 10 dif different pelancaros or different producers from different um, families in different regions in Oaxaca who are all making their own espadines and then blending together. Rocio from Jalisco comes down. And she blends together the mezcals from each individual family. So the neighbors of Oaxaca as well. It's, wow. an, it's like a, a huge super web of this. And well, Rocio, Rocio is a master distiller for San Matias. And she is a master blender for Vecinos. Wow. So you have a little different, but most of them, what we want is consistency. Because we have the same 10 uh, really cool. agave plus every time. So they blend it to have pretty much the same. Yeah. So the idea also was that Carmen has seen what happens in Jalisco and what has happened in Jalisco with tequila production and the pitfalls and the highlights and, you know, all the struggles and things that came in between over the past 20 years that she's been in, in ahead of a company and even before that when she was the first lady of the tequila company, so to speak. And so she noticed that in, in Oaxaca, those fundamental structural things, like at, at a community level were not being introduced before the Americans started to come in and, and say, I want to buy her, I want to buy her juice, I want to do this. So she's looking to implement infrastructure to build up the communities from a base level going up. And it was really important to her to get involved at an early stage, which is why Los Vecinos came out this year, so she can impart her knowledge from Jalisco and what she's experienced into Oaxaca. Because Oaxaca, I haven't been, unfortunately, but it's said to be 30 years behind Jalisco, right? So like, oh, it's very, very different. It's very much yeah, more it's, indigenous. I mean, mezcaleros are like far away, are like two hours, three hours, like a dirt road in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not unusual for people in, in Oaxaca to walk uh, to hours and hours a day. And it's, it's kind of obligatory in Oaxaca. If you have got a truck, like when we were, when I was going different blinkes in Oaxaca, <laughs> Like we were in a truck and we had a couple extra, we, every single person that we would pass on the road, we would invite to get in the truck until we had like standing room only, <laughs> everybody, as many people as we can fit in the truck, we are going. going yeah. If a truck's coming by, you're getting in it because other than that, like people just no, walk everywhere, there. long expanses. It's a, it's a One of the histories that country. I hear is about 12, 15 years ago when, the, when Mezcal started taking off. So this American company, and I was saying, went back and bought the whole production, right? And, and he gave me a check and saying, the, the mezcal producer said, no, 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 I need money, paper money. So they have to drive back to the city like four hours to change the check because they want to set the check. They say, I need money, paper money. money. Yeah, yeah. Lucky for us is the industry that we move in is more like this friendly industry. So they really appreciate that. So they appreciate that they don't have and I don't have anything against the beer corporation or worldwide corporation. I mean, it's globalization and, and like everyone. Yeah, but we are more in that, like if you see most of the bars or, or restaurants that we are, they, they are not carrying the big brands just because they are the big brands. They, are, they have more on the 
authentic side, or I don't know how to, you can probably explain more, but more on the real authentic side of the brands instead of marketing brands. So that's where we move. And we are big enough where we are feel comfortable. So I don't think Carmen will want to be a worldwide corporation. No, never. I mean, of course, she wants to grow because it will be more opportunities, but without compromise. Well, let's all sip this Los Dacinos Los del, Campo, so. del Campo together. Stick your nose in that glass, breathe in chili through your this mouth. This is just a special treat. Yeah, like... it's a little treat. You guys, tell me what you're experiencing. I want to know. I want to know. Come on. What did it taste like? What did it taste like? All right. All right. I'll take that. Spicy. Good, good, good. What else? Smoky, spicy. I like that. I'm getting like, I'm getting like ham and cinnamon and chili. I often say that this mezcal is so unique in the way that it is the bridge between tequila and mezcal because when you smell it under the nose, it's not overwhelmingly in your face smoke. When you, the first sip at the front of your palate, it doesn't turn you off. It welcomes, it welcomes this experience. And then the finish is where you get oh, the yeah. traditional mezcal yeah, flavor. pepper, so it surprises it, you. Yeah, it comes way it later. It hits you on the back. So it's really cool because it, it appeals to so many people that don't think they like mezcal because of what we have we have been able to access as mezcal in the U.S., which has been overly smoky, very much a hard turn from tequila, where this kind of bridges the gap a little bit. We're just going to have to get you guys back to do a full yeah. Los Vecinos. So Los Vecinos, right now, all, the way, all we have is the Espadine. Um, we have just recently bottled a Tobola and an Ensemble, which is Maggio Cliche, Barilla, and Espadine. They'll be available over the summer, and hopefully we'll be able to come back and you guys can come back and taste them. But really, this was just a treat to add yeah, on to the Casa San Matias tequila tasting. You guys, thanks for coming out Thank tonight. You. Oh, awesome. You want some collective. beers? Yeah, no. I'm going to use This is all Gonzalo. Uh, no. A quick yeah. last treat, well, treat for you is Carmen Villarreal. She wants to do something else with tequila because again, she developed that everything about agave. Sorry, not with the tequila, with agave. She's an overachiever. Agave, agave. <laughs> so, what she did is because she's gluten-free, she's vegan, so she developed a beer brewed from agave. So there is no malt in it, it's just agave and hops. So it's gluten-free, it's uh, low calories because you know the agave naturally has low calories. And also the agave has a bunch of stuff, has fiber, has probiotics, so it's healthy beer also. So there is, but it's, it's really unique. So this is the only beer in the world that is brew entirely from blue agave and hops so no mold no grain nothing come back and taste it yeah if you want to taste yeah, it come over we've got, or if we've you got want to taste it in the Pueblo Viejo we've got a bunch of uh, agave beer here it's free for you we have we participated we here we get thank you guys for coming out let's yeah. give it up to Katie thank you guys thank you so much San Martinos Pueblo Viejo what a wonderful oh, night those are Sino's Mezcal we got to get you back for the Los Vecinos Mezcal, please. <laughs> for the Vecinos!
Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review. The Spirit Guide Society is a Spirit Adventures production in association with Bitten from the Apple Productions. Special thanks to Tone Mesa for their post-production and audio services. The show was produced by Andrew Apple and me, Pedro Shanahan. Executive producer, Andrew Abrahamson. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spirit Guide SOC. We'll be there to answer any questions you have, share what we're drinking, and more. And if you're still thirsty, you can always find more episodes of the show wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to always drink responsibly. That means don't drink to forget, drink to remember. Remember.